What's fueling the rise of violent crime in our city? Is there anything we can do about it? Now, 630 Chad Mornings presents an in-depth conversation. Is Edmonton a safe city? And the feeling of being safe. There are so many stories. You've heard them. Uh, We've seen them on the text line. We've had them in conversations when we're out with our friends about people not feeling safe when they head into the downtown core. There are perhaps a number of reasons for that. Maybe you have a reason is different than somebody else's, but it seems to be a feeling that, that permeates the general populace. And you know that's, that that has to worry the Downtown Business Association. Coming up in a few moments, we'll end up talking with uh, Punita McBrien about this. She's the executive director of the DBA. So we will get into that conversation coming up in a few moments. But for business owners, how do you navigate a situation that at least anecdotally looks like it's different than it was a couple of years ago in terms of rising crime, in terms of the presence of homeless homelessness in and around your your business and people maybe not wanting to necessarily frequent them as much. We're talking about that right now with our next guest who owns and operates 10 Remedy Cafes in the Edmonton area with her husband. Stacy Zaidi is joining the show. Stacy, good morning. Thanks so much for being on and talking about this with us. Hi, how are you? Thanks for inviting me. So, Stacy, you own and operate... 10 cafes, which is incredible as a business owner. That's <laughs> congratulations, well first done. of all. I can well, think of six remedies yeah, offhand. I didn't realize that it was that it was up to 10. Yeah. And several of those are in centrally located areas in the city. So let's just start with kind of comparing and contrasting what it is that you're finding with those central locations versus the ones that aren't necessarily quite so much in the heart of the city. Are you noticing that people are more uncomfortable, more afraid of being in those areas? You're talking about the downtown core. Like, that's what I'm, I would be talking about in that situation, correct? Yes. So that downtown core, you don't see people walking on the street anymore. You know, I can remember, you know, even pre-COVID, you know, and, the, you know, there were lots of people walking on the streets. You just don't see it anymore. We've got customers who go by, you know, and they'll go out in the street. And just recently, a customer was hit in the back of the head for no apparent reason. You know, it's it's... It's just getting worse and worse and worse. We don't see as many people. You know, we've had to decrease our hours. It's just scary. Uh, do you think it, some of that would, would go out if there were more people? So, like, well, like I say, if the, if the crowds are larger, if there's larger, there's sort of safety in numbers, but we're still in this transition coming out of the pandemic. I, well, maybe, but I also think within this population that's downtown, there's also a very, there's a criminal component that, you know, is causing quite a bit of damage downtown. I would hope, I, I would want that population, if they did come in, to be very safe when they do. Has anything specifically happened to your to your businesses, uh, specifically yeah. to your location? Oh, here, let me get on my soapbox here. Uh, basically, I can tell you, uh, in the last year, we've had people spit on, punched in the face. Uh, we've had sexual and ethnic discrimination, armed robbery, theft, verbal assaults, and, um, you know, looking at property, uh, going into the back, you know, going in, walking into the business in the back, my my staff um, walks through uh, urine, feces, needles, everything. We've got, you know, property destroyed. We just had a bathroom destroyed like a week and a half ago. Somebody came in who was high and just, you know, that's gone. 
that's so when, what's happened just in the last little while. So when you're comparing that situation to other locations, is it distinctly different in the downtown um, oh, area? Oh, distinctly different. Like, distinctly. And are, when you're talking scary. to other business owners that are that are in that same neighborhood, are they experiencing the same thing? Well, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I started calling around and talking to people just in the area where I'm at downtown, like on 103rd and Jasper. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of people said the very same thing. You know, there's a, a sad tent right across the street. Uh, she's been there since 2005. Um, and she's had that franchise and she's like, it's never, ever been like this. Like having to stand like close to the front when somebody's going to come in, trying to get them out or lock that door so they can't come in. It's scary. What about, you know, what about resources that are available to you? Do you feel that you have the enforcement of EPS to, to have your back? I don't think that, um, you know, I really believe that EPS can do a great job with proper funding and the amount, you know, having lots of beat cops in the area. We need a, we need that physical presence on the streets, right? You know, basically, I, I, I researched that as well. We only had um, three beat cops in our area. Uh, you know, five years ago there were 60 beat cops in the city. Now we have now we have 19. But that's been increased as this campaign's been going. You know, working on that safety aspect. So you know, where they're starting to work on it. Do you feel like you're starting to be heard? Who have you gone to for help? What have you received? Have you received sufficient help, or at least promise of help? What's what's the situation? Do you think moving forward here? I've gone to council, city council downtown twice and spoken with other business owners. Um, I, I, I think that we definitely are being here. There's certainly people who are who are trying their best to make sure that they've got a, you know something in place that we're able to be taken care of properly. Um, I don't so is know. it improving? At least the I reaction, think it, I think the I, attempt? Yes, I think so. I, the thing that drives me insane is the amount of time it takes for things to happen. You know, I'm a business owner, so I've got a problem. It's either A, B, C, and I pick my thing and it's done, right? There's so many people talking about everything. And, you know, in good conscience, that's what they, as politicians or whoever, have to do. But it's it's very... It takes a long time to do anything, right? But I think it's it's starting, definitely. But even still, I mean, you set the scene of an environment that no business owner ever wants to face. And certainly you're going to put yourself at some level of risk when you're serving the public. But the situations mm-hmm. that you're talking about, I mean, it, it just makes me wonder, what is the, what's the biggest challenge? Is it, is it maintaining staff? Is, is it just loss of revenue because less customers are coming in? Is it uncertainty about being able to maintain your business in that certain location? What is it that's the hardest part to navigate? Um, what worries me the most and bothers me the most are, um, most are the incidents that happen in the cafe. I'm worried for my staff. You know, Josh Brown, I, I even wonder why we stay there. You know, we've been there for nine years. When we started, it was so much different. Um, I just worry that my staff, if somebody's going to get hurt. Do you, do you know what I mean? That's my biggest fear. Um, revenue, yeah, sure, it's gone down. Hours have gone down, all that thing. But in good conscience, you know, I have to make my environment a safe place for people to work, right? And customers to come in. That's That's my whole... I don't know. That's why I'm trying to advocate for business in the area.
Stacey Zaidi, we wish you uh, the best going forward. I, I, I'm glad to hear that there is some optimism that something that might change, but like you said, it doesn't go nearly fast enough for a business owner who's used to, to pivoting in in a moment yeah. and very quickly. Yeah. But uh, hopefully this changes. And part of this conversation hopefully helps to spur that change. Yes, thanks so much for talking to me today. I appreciate that. Thanks, Stacey. That's Stacey Zaidi. She owns and operates 10 Remedy Cafes in the area with her husband, and a lot of those are centrally located in different areas of the core. So some real issues facing business owners. Serious issues. And you know, so you can empathize, uh, not just with the customers who come in, and maybe, but just the things that they have to do as employees every day. Uh, that, that That's a big issue. There are a lot of businesses, she was talking about some other ones, that clearly this is a problem. But at the same, so it's a catch-22 in some ways, right? We have a problem. We need to address it. But we also need to get people downtown. Mm-hmm. And how do you convince people to come down and enjoy it when we're also talking about the challenges when you get there? That's that's a big issue for the, the Downtown Business Association. Yeah. Imagine having that job dropped in your lap. So how do you navigate that situation? That's what we're going to talk about with our next guest, who is the executive director of the Downtown Business Association, who has joined us on the show several times. Panita McBrien is joining us. Panita, good morning. Good morning. You know, it's it's something I think we, we want to pretend isn't happening downtown, but there is an issue of safety and certainly a feeling of being uncomfortable, a lot of visible homelessness, a lot of visible drug use, Panita, but at the same time, you want to promote the vibrant business community that is down there. So how, how do you do both? Do you try to gloss over the problem that's happening or do you try to attack it head on? What's the strategy of the DBA? Yeah, thanks for the question. And and you've kind of nailed down exactly what our biggest challenge has been over the past year and a half is doing both of those jobs at the same time uh, and trying to do both of them well and trying to convince people that we're doing both of them. Because, you know, as the, the body that's sort of responsible for marketing and promoting and activating space in our downtown, we have to be that positive and optimistic face and voice. And we do that every day. And, and we're really good at it. You know, we just put on downtown spark and had thousands of people coming downtown every day to, to check out art installations and events and, you know, more families in the core than we've seen in, in years, frankly, other than when Taste of Edmonton was on. Um, but then I spend, then my team gets to do all that stuff, and then I spend my days, um, you know, spending time with people like Stacey, who you just spoke to, and sitting in front of city council, and I spent a chunk of yesterday sitting in front of the police commission, um, you know, walking around with beat, beat officers, the, the very few beat officers that we have, um, trying to figure out, solutions and a way forward and getting the resources we need to address the very real challenges that we have. And these conversations are really important and obviously they're important, but uh, so is action too. So is the DBA able to take any action, uh, specific concrete action to try and improve the situation? Yeah, that's what we've been asking ourselves uh, for, I mean, even before I got here, is what is our role in this and what is the most impact that we can have? So for the most part, that's advocacy. Like it's, again, sitting in front of city council and saying, this is what we need. Uh, recently, that had to do with the police funding formula. It had to do with uh, this new transit behavior bylaw. Um, so, so that advocacy being really strong and saying, if you're serious about downtown, this is what we need. Um, I'm sending a letter to Minister Chandra this morning about what we need the province to do because so many of these issues are provincial jurisdiction. We're talking about serious mental illness issues. 
we're talking about housing. That is all provincial jurisdiction, and and we're really under-resourced in Edmonton, especially even compared to Calgary, if we're just trying to get, you know, some sort of measuring stick. Um, So it is an advocacy role, but you're right. Like, that doesn't feel like enough, for sure. So another thing we're doing right now uh, is we're putting together our own safety ambassadors program. Um, It certainly doesn't replace beat officers, but in the in the absence of enough uh, foot patrol resources, we're we're hoping to at least be that resource for businesses, so that when Stacey's having a situation, and we know that officers are probably going to take minimum half an hour, um, we have someone who's just a couple blocks away at any given time who who at least can come in and sort of be an intervention and and have some training around um, interacting with people who are in crisis and that kind of thing. So hoping to get that program off the ground um, in the next couple of months, and and actually on Monday. We're hosting a, a safety and vibrancy summit uh, all morning on Monday with our partners at uh, BOMA Edmonton, the Building Owners and Managers Association, and just hoping to bring together business owners, workers, um, people from our universities downtown, everyone who's obviously really caring about this issue and affected by this issue, and just try and educate them on what is EPS doing, what is the city doing, what is REACH Edmonton doing, um, and try to get some more information out. Are strategies and events and committees like that sort of just part and parcel when it comes to your position as the executive director of the DBA, or is this something that's unique to Edmonton? You touched on it a little bit when you compared the problem being worse here in Edmonton than in Calgary, but when you look more broadly, you know, even even nationally, does Edmonton have a, a uniquely escalated problem here? Not at all. And I'm so glad you asked that because I was actually just talking to my, my colleague, Lisa Baroldi, who's CEO of BOMA Edmonton. And we were talking about how when we talk to any of our colleagues from major cities in the, in the States specifically, but even Vancouver, um, it, it really helps put things in perspective, yeah. actually, because what downtowns across North America have experienced uh, is I'm just speechless at what some of our colleagues are, are going through, like mass lootings and robberies happening in cities like, like Seattle and San Francisco, um, shootings all across the U.S. Like the the scale of violence and crime here is nowhere near what it is for a lot of cities even in vancouver like the sheer volume of of you know broken windows and overnight break-ins and robberies and and all the kind of stuff that we're seeing little bits of here um obviously in bigger cities is, is an even bigger problem but at the homelessness the mental illness the addictions crisis opioid overdoses all of that is happening in major cities all across North America. Consolation, but perhaps small consolation to know we're not alone. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's yeah. almost, almost yeah. worrisome too e- at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, Anita, exactly. Anita, we got to go. Uh, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank <laughs> you for being part of this. We really appreciate it. No, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Anita. Anita McBride is Executive Director, Downtown Business Association. Okay, so definitely a situation, but some optimism as well when it gotta, comes to it. you got to keep working at yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Very, you can't just throw your hands up and walk away. You keep working at it. Yeah, and thank goodness for the people for the people like Vanita that are. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.